the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's at a 10, 5, stumbles in the end zone, touchdown. Both coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to the Cody Felger podcast, and I'm joined by my friend Julian Rosen. And Julian, it's been a while, man. Uh, we haven't had you on the podcast in a while. How's life been going? Oh, it's been going good. You know, obviously, uh, about a week and a half ago it was quite a shock to the system as as it was to all Colts fans, and we really haven't spoken much since then. Uh, I know that obviously this has changed the franchise and uh, this season quite a bit, but um, other than that, life has been good. I'm excited for the fall to get rolling. Excited to have football back one way or another. Absolutely. And then with that, man, the Colts finished their final preseason game on Saturday, wrapped it up, made roster cuts, cut to their 53-man roster, made a few waiver claims. Um, and I want to touch on all that in this podcast. And and also, uh, shameless plug here, if you haven't listened to the last podcast that I recorded, I had Kevin Bowen on. We really discussed in depth the Colts 53-man roster. So be sure to check that out. Uh, but first, I thought we should talk about it's kind of crazy. You know, you mentioned the, the crazy news, obviously Andrew Luck retiring, uh, but some more activity on the Colts quarterback group. Uh, they re-signed Jacoby Brissett. I think it puts this deal, puts them through uh, through the 2020 season. I um, mean, they also signed Brian Hoyer uh, as their backup quarterback, which is interesting to me. I mean, he signed a pretty, pretty decent sized contract. I think he signed a three-year contract for, I believe 12 million or something like that. Uh, I don't know the exact details on that, but um I think for me, Julian, this was a, you know, obviously I didn't expect Brian Hoare to be released by the Patriots. First off, uh, this is definitely a good move for the Colts. And it also allows them now uh, to maybe play Hoyer as their backup for the 2019 season, maybe beyond. Uh, You know, I I think a lot of people thought, you know, Chad Kelly played really well in the preseason. Maybe he would be after week two, be the backup quarterback. And that still could be the case. You never know. But I got to think for the contract that they signed Brian Hoyer to, uh, Chad Kelly could maybe be a pra- find himself on the practice squad after all said and done. Uh, what is your take first off on Brissett and Hoyer and then just the Colts quarterback position uh, for that number two backup position behind Jacoby Brissett? Uh, yeah, so I wasn't uh, too surprised to see the Brissett signing. I know it's been getting a little bit of buzz around the NFL. Um, it's uh, it's right about where I would put him. Um, Frank Reich has talked about the, the fact that he thinks he could be a top 20 quarterback uh, in the league. And this would put him at about 18th or 19th in the NFL, as far as um, quarterback payroll uh, per year and, uh, and beyond that. So uh, I do like the signing. Um, I'm eager to see sort of Brissett's efficiency uh, and to see how he plays this year as are all Colts fans. Uh, I'm optimistic though. I think, um, I think ultimately this is a good investment down the line. You know, there are some really good quarterback prospects coming out this season and next guys like Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Jake Fromm, uh, those are probably the top three as far as uh, looking for future options. But for the next two years, you at least have a guy that, uh, that knows the offense, that has been in the organization, and that seems to be really well-liked by the locker room. So I think it was good to ink him. Obviously, the Colts have a, a lot of salary cap. 
uh, available. Uh, Brian Hoyer is a solid veteran. Uh, he's somebody that, you know, has been around the league, played in different systems. So I was a little bit more money than uh, I was expecting, to be honest, Cody. But overall, I think it's a good signing. But I am encouraged by Chad Kelly. Uh, I'd like to see um, I'd like to see him and Hoyer maybe compete for that second quarterback role um, for the 2019 season. Yeah, definitely. And you just gotta, you just gotta laugh at Jacoby Brissett a little bit. He's he's an interesting guy, and uh, it's not a bad thing at all. Uh, and Jacoby Brissett, it's kind of funny. I don't think he even has an agent. I think he negotiated this contract himself. But I would agree with you. I think that's probably a, a pretty good, I would say, contract for him. And heck, getting your starting quarterback for what I think he signed for. I don't even know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Twenty to thirty million dollars. It was, it's not bad. Yeah, it was twenty guaranteed, thirty uh, thirty million total for the contract, but twenty guaranteed. Yeah, so I mean that's pretty good money for a starting quarterback, especially if Jacoby Brissett, you know, puts it all together here in twenty nineteen. I mean, I think the the good thing with this this contract, what the Colts have done with it, is they really front loaded that contract in terms of Jacoby Brissett. Um, so you know, it's something where. If he doesn't do that great, the Colts are what five, six win team. Jacoby Brissett plays like a five, six win quarterback, then they have the option, right, to to not they don't pay him a lot, I guess, in the second contract, the second year of that contract, um, as opposed to the first year of the contract, which is really good. Um, a really smart deal on, on Ballard's part. But it also I think gives them the option, you know, we know what Jacoby Brissett is, or we think we know, um, can be a solid backup, you know, at the very least can be a solid backup for the Colts. Um, so that also gives them the option to have, you know, a guy like Brissett, who's not, I think he's, you know, he's getting paid a decent amount, but, you know, say you draft a quarterback next year and this, you know, I don't know if you do the first round, but if you did it in the second or third round, kind of how the Patriots did it this year um, when they signed, I can't remember his name, but they signed, they drafted a guy in the third round um, and he actually beat out Brian Hoyer. Um, so the Colts could do something that that route, or, you know, you could wait till 2021 and draft one of those guys or, and, and, you know, honestly, I anticipate if the Colts go, you know, if Jacoby Brissett doesn't play well, um, they're probably going to be top 10, top 15 teams. So they can use some of that draft capital, maybe to move up and draft their guy if they want to. There's a lot of options they can do there. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of how the quarterback situation is. And, man, it's kind of wild to think, you know, if, if you told me a month ago that Brian Hoyer would have the chance to play a football game for the Colts, start a game for the Colts in 2019, I, I don't even know what I would have said, man, but – so is such as life is in the NFL, man, and it's, it's absolutely crazy and absolutely wild. And I'm still, I think I'm still kind of in denial that Andrew Luck is no longer the Colts quarterback. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. But um, I wanted to look now at the the final. So the Colts made cuts, I believe, on Saturday. Uh, they had to make cuts by 4 p.m. So they made their cuts to the 53 man roster, and they also filled their practice squad with a couple guys. Um, but I wanted to look at this roster really fast. Now, you know, with, with the updated roster, the last time I recorded the, and looked at the roster with Kevin, uh, it was on Sunday before they had signed Brian Hoyer. So they, they, they waived uh, safety Roland Milligan. So now they still have to go back to four safeties, two quarterbacks, uh, and everything else is pretty intact. Um, but one guy that they signed who I think is an intriguing guy that we can talk about really fast is Ryan Lewis. And he was a guy, I believe, from the Bills uh, that they waived and the Colts – we all were, when they were talking about Ryan Lewis, you know, they also had to, to release special teams ace Chris Milton, who I think a lot of people were a little bit shocked about because he was so good on special teams. Um, but I think with that, the Colts believe that Ryan Lewis 
offers more as a cornerback as well. And I think that's the big thing. You know, he can also play special teams. Um, but what's your take on on Lewis and on this also corresponding move to to waive Chris Milton? Uh, yeah, uh, it was a little bit surprising. Uh, but after they waived Matthias Farley, um, I think it was about a week ago or so. Uh, and I know Farley has since been picked up by the Jets, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so the Jets now have Nate Hairston and uh, Matthias Farley, which is interesting. Um, but uh, it was a little bit surprising. But it makes me think that uh, Marvell Tell, Ryan Lewis, and Kari Willis are all going to play on special teams. Uh, I already expected Kari Willis to, uh, just because of kind of his build. Um, and his ability, um, sort of just as a player overall, not even just as a safety. Um, and, and what I saw from Kari Willis, um, you know, in the preseason additionally. So, uh, but it was a little bit surprising. Uh, you know, it puts the cornerback group at a pretty interesting mix. And I wanted to get your take on it. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think Ryan Lewis is really going to get in the mix? Uh, do you think he's going to be playing at about the same rate as Rocky Sin or a little bit behind? I definitely think he'll play behind because, I mean, really, we don't know who's going to play that number three corner right now. I mean, it's been Quincy Wilson. It's been Rocky Asin. But, you know, say Rocky Asin is the number four corner, uh, then I would say he would play less. Because, honestly, like, and I've talked about this with, with people on the podcast before, when you're, when you're that fifth guy, that fifth corner, you're going to play special teams. So I don't anticipate him seeing the field much at all. Um, ideally, you know, if everybody stays healthy, he won't see the field very much at all, except on special teams. So I anticipate him getting a lot less reps than Rocky Sin for sure. Um, because Rocky Sin is obviously, you know, probably a first round talent. Honestly, I think the Colts were su- pleasantly surprised and they actually like debated taking Rocky Sin in the first round, but then they were able to trade out and still get him. Um, so I think Rocky Sin will see the field a lot more. Um, I think there's certain packages where Rocky Sin will see the field more. Um, just because sure. he's so talented and you want to get a guy like that um, to be, you know, to be on the field as much as possible. But one thing I want to touch on, you talked about Marvell Tell as well, um, is that he I think he has some position flexibility, which is good because he played free safety in college with USC. Um, so that gives them the option. I think they they felt comfortable enough to to wave Roland Milligan. Um, so they kind of they have four four safeties technically, but. I think if you're in a pinch, you can get a guy like him, um, get a guy like Marvell Tell to play some safety if need be. You know, if it's if if it's like in a game and one or two players go down, you know, he he can play for you in a pinch there. Um, so I think that's kind of the appeal of keeping Tell because he can do a lot for you and he can also play some special teams for you. Um, so that's my take on Marvell Tell, and I think that's why he made the roster. But yeah, man, one thing that you touched on that I wanted to talk about really fast, man. How about the the New York Colts, huh? As far as yeah. signing Matthias Farley, training for Nate Hairston, and, and there's that obviously that that Rex Hogan connection. He he went to the Jets this off season, um, so they're getting a few players. That's just kind of an interesting to me that they that they did that because those players are good players. I don't want to say like they're bad players, but you know I think it's a good sign though for the Colts, and it should be encouraging to fans as well. And Chris Ballard has touched on this time and time again. You know you're in a good position roster wise when you have to release good players and they're getting picked up by other teams. And that's exactly what's happening. And uh, one thing that I, that's intriguing that, that I, that I heard uh, Chris Ballard talking about when he was talking about the whole trades and everything like that is that, uh, that he was getting calls for other guys on his roster, which he really wasn't used to obviously because uh, the state of the roster when he came in in 2017 was just a disaster. Right. And they really didn't have a ton of talent there. And now that they do, um, he's just he's just like, wow, I actually have people interested in my players. It's, it's different. 
Um, but yeah, that's kind of my take on the corner position. I don't know if you had any more comments or questions or anything like that before we move on. Uh, but yeah, so if you have anything else, uh, let me know. If not, we can we can move on to the injuries. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say Marvell Tell with that flexibility reminded me uh, of uh, kind of what Darius Butler used to do, uh, how, how he kind of moved between mm-hmm. corner and safety uh, for a few seasons for us. And he was a good player. So, Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that that's so, so valuable, you know, on the roster spot. And, uh, you know, I think that that was – I'm trying to remember who said it. Now, now I can't remember, but – but yeah, I mean that that's so so valuable for a roster. Um, if you can have guys like on, for example, on the offensive line, uh, like a Joe Haig is so so valuable to the Colts because he can play basically all the positions on the offensive line, and it's and it's really valuable. I think if you can play both positions, and obviously you have to play them well, uh, but if you can play both positions, and certainly with the talent of Tell um, and the potential of Tell, he he could definitely do both for you. So he's an intriguing player for me to watch, um, as he continues to develop. Cause I think he had a pretty strong last couple of games of the preseason, especially preseason game four. I mean, I think he led the team in tackles He had a few passes defended. I think he had one mental breakdown there at, um, on one play, but other than that, I thought he held his own pretty well. Um, as far as that's concerned. Uh, so yeah, um, I wanted to talk on the injuries really fast, looking ahead of this game on sat on Sunday, I should say. I'm so used to saying Saturday because the Colts have been playing in the preseason on Saturday. But um, some right. some injury updates that uh, the Colts were able to provide. So Kenny Moore broke his slum. He's been in a cast. I don't think he practiced today. Uh, but Matt Eberflus anticipates that won't be an issue, and he should be good to go um, on Sunday against the Chargers, which is good news, obviously for the Colts secondary. Kenny Moore is one of the best young corners and pro- arguably the best slot corner in the league. So that that's a good update there. Uh, Jordan Wilkins returned to practice too. He's been out for a long time. Uh, I can't remember what the, the injury is. I wish I had that in front of me, but he's been out for a while, but he, he looks to be back, which is good for the Colts running backs. Um, really the only injury of note that who probably missed this game is Jabal Sheard, but there's even some good news on the Jabal Sheard injury front. Um, you know, Frank Reich has been adamant that Jabal Sheard will not go on injured reserve, which I think is a breath of fresh air for Colts fans, um, because I think Jabal Sheard has been one of the most underrated defenders on this defense for since probably since he was brought in in 2017. The last couple of years, he's really been an underrated player. Yeah, he may not be, you know, that stud pass rusher per se, but I think he's a very consistent player for the Colts. Um, he's really, really good at defending the run, which is huge. Um, and it's encouraging news, nonetheless, that Jabal Sheard will be back f- um, at some point in the season and, and hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, but I guess, I guess my question for you, Julian, and I want to get your take on this. Um, the chargers obviously have a slew of injuries. Um, what do you think the Colts need to do to beat the chargers here or even give them a run for the money? Cause we know the chargers are probably arguably the most talented team in the league. Uh, what do the Colts have to do with these injuries to the chargers front? I mean, there's a lot of injuries here with Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon's not an injury, but he's holding out. Russell Okung, Derwin James, all these guys. What do the Colts need to do to make this game competitive and maybe even pull off a maybe a little bit of an upset victory in week one against the Chargers? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I did watch a good amount of the Chargers last year, partially because I had uh, Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon in a couple different leagues. So I was uh, tuning in to watch them on later games when I could. Um, the Chargers defense was pretty solid last year. Derwin James was definitely a big part of it. So him being out 
uh, I think is going to open up some opportunities for guys like Naheem Hines, Paris Campbell. Uh, I think the, the Chargers pass rush is very, very strong. It's one of the probably five or six best in the league with uh, Melvin Ingram. And um, I always mix it up. Joey, Joey. Bosa. Joey. Yep, Joey. Yeah. And Nick is the one who just got drafted by San Francisco. So they have a strong pass rush. I don't think, um, I mean, I know Jacoby has a really good deep ball, but uh, the Chargers defense is probably a little more soft um, on some of these dump offs and screens and whatnot, uh, rather than trying to attack them deep. Um, I know Braden and Anthony Costanzo can hold their own, uh, but this pass rush is pretty relentless, especially playing at home in the opening game of the season. Um, so without, you know, their best safety and arguably secondary member, um, you know, I think maybe trying to attack with the tight ends and guys like Paris Campbell and Naheem Hines on screens offensively is really going to be the key. And then as far as defense, um, you know, they're a pretty balanced offense, even without Ingram, they're going to be able to run with Jackson and Eckler. They're going to be able to run short routes uh, and they're going to be able to take some shots. Phil Rivers is not afraid to chuck it down. Um, I just think, I just think the Colts need to keep things in front of them, not let up any big plays to guys like Hunter Henry and Mike Williams down the field um, and try to try to just disrupt uh, Phil Rivers rhythm by sending different kind of packages He's seen a lot of different stuff, but I hope that Eberflus can drop some pretty interesting blitz packages with guys like uh, Ture, Justin Houston, and all those guys. So uh, what do you think? I mean, it is definitely – it's a pretty daunting uh, task week one. Uh, but ultimately, I do think it's going to be a close game. What do you think the Colts need to do? Yeah, I, I think you touched on some good points there, and you, t- you, you had some of the points that I had. Um, one thing that I think the Colts will really need to expose, and this is really, I think, the Achilles heel of the Chargers, is their offensive line. And you saw it last year. I think that was a big reason. And I, wa- I remember watching that, that game against the Chiefs um, when, you know, they, they still won. The Chargers won. It was like one of the last games of the season. But to tell you what, their guards were getting absolutely manhandled about every play. And Chris Jones was just, you know, feasting on Phillip Rivers. It was crazy. And, uh, you know, with a guy like Danico Autry and Marcus Hunt, and you know, obviously Justin Houston and then, I believe Muhammad, Al-Kadim Muhammad would probably start, but then you got some young pass rushers. I think you got to get after Phillip Rivers early. And you say this about every good quarterback, you know, say that whenever, in order to beat Tom Brady, you got to get after him. But I mean, I think it's true. You have to get after Phillip Rivers. You have to make, make him frustrated. Um, you got to cover those big receivers that have Mike Williams is ginormous, like he's six, five. So you got to maybe shadow in with Pierre Desir, similar maybe to how he did with DeAndre Hopkins in those two games against the Texans near the end of the year. Uh, and I think, you know, you got to cover the tight end. The Colts need to do that better than they did last year. And that, that was a big issue last year with the linebackers, um, especially in that divisional round when you played against the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey just destroyed them. And they really just need to cover Hunter Henry. Obviously, I, I wouldn't say Hunter Henry is the player Travis Kelsey is, um, but he's still a good player nonetheless. And so you just got to make sure that Phillip Rivers – make it hard on Phillip Rivers. Obviously, he's going to be – He's a good player. He's probably arguably a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, he knows what you're going to do. But if you can make life hard for him and, you know, get, you know, get those takeaways, um, I think that that's, that's going to be the key for the Colts because, obviously, I don't know if you could stop Phillip Rivers because he's, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You can certainly slow him down. And he's also getting older. So I think his mobility is getting more limited naturally with age. Um, so I think that's what you got to do. You just got to get to him early. got to get to him often. Uh, the Colts are really good about stopping the run last year, so you got to stop the run, stop Eckler. Um, and I feel like the Colts for decades have just been awful about covering the 
the screens from running backs. They've just been really not good about that. I can't remember how good they were or bad they were last year, um, but you just can't let Austin Eckler. It's a good player. You can't let him get in space. You got to just disrupt him right away. Take him down. Uh, I think that's really a key for the Colts on defense. And then I think for offense is just you know quick quick drops. Get it? You know because the Chargers have two of the best pass rushers in the league. I think you really got to establish the run first, which Frank Reich has really wanted to do this entire offseason. Um, I think you obviously, you know, with Derwin James, it opened up some opportunities maybe with the tight ends. Um, you got some talent on, you know, the, the Chargers have some really good corner talent, if I'm not mistaken, with Casey Hayward. And I can't remember who the other corner is offhand, uh, but I feel like they have a pretty good cornerback group there. Uh, but Derwin James, loss of Derwin James is huge. Um, and I think that the Colts can really open it up, open up the the passing game with their tight ends because they have three, arguably four really good tight ends. Um, and so I think that's what they need to do. Um, they need to limit similar to how they maybe, maybe they help Braden Smith a little bit um, against, I don't know if it'd be Melvin Ingram or Joy Bose, whoever it is, they just need to help him out because as good as he was last year, I mean, this is one of the best pass rushers in the league. And he's, and also the, you know, the offensive line is learning this whole new philosophy and we've seen it a little bit in the preseason. Obviously, the Colts haven't had all of their starters out there at once, uh, but we've seen a little bit of struggle. And I think that's just natural with how this this new system is with Howard Mudd and Chris Strasser is, you know, it's more of an attacking and the, the pass protection game. It's more of attacking instead of sitting back and letting the defenders come to you. It's more attacking the defenders at the point of attack. And and uh, and, that, and that's going to take a little bit of time. Honestly, it's going to take a little bit of time and that's OK. Um but I think just helping your tackles out as much as you can, whether that's quick passes, whether that's chipping, helping out, whatever you need to do. I think that's how the, what the Colts have to do. And Marlon Mack has to get going early and get going often. And uh, so I think it's really going to be up to that interior, of the offensive line to do that as well. Um, so, so yeah, that, those are kind of my takes from it. Kind of my, I guess, tidbits. And uh, I'm actually going to have the chargers reporter on at some point, uh, during this week to talk a little bit more in depth about the chargers. I mean, he follows them every day. Uh, his name is Chris Hare. Yeah, I'm saying that wrong, but he, we're going to talk about that. Come out with a podcast later this week, a little bit of a preview, uh, Colson chargers. And, uh, but yeah, so those are my, I guess I got well off on a tangent tangent there. I apologize, but no, those are kind of my keys to this game for the Colts. Um, so yeah, so I thought to finish this up here, we could do we we played we played this game twice now in in this podcast in all the podcasts it's called Flyer Flop, and I thought that it would be good, you know, right ahead of this 2019 season to look at some position groups that we think have the opportunity to fly. If you're not familiar with this game, it basically means positions who we think will be the biggest strength for the Colts in 2019, and then flop maybe not necessarily be bad positions. But these positions will be maybe positions that are overhyped a little bit or maybe won't live up to par as some of the other positions. So, um, Julian, who? what is your first fly position and why? Uh, my fly position is uh, there's a couple that come to mind, but um, I, I'm going to start with a wide receiver position um, because ultimately it's something that Colts fans can really fall back on, especially after the luck retirement news. Um, Obviously, we know the offensive line has improved. Jacoby's coming into a much different situation than he did in 2017. Unreasonable to expect anything similar as far as efficiency, offensive production, or even the team's record. Uh, but uh, not only the offensive line improvement, but the weapons uh, that are going to be around Jacoby Brissett this year, uh, considering he really only had 
T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle uh, two years ago. Uh, guys like Devin Funches, Paris Campbell, um, and Deion Kane, who, who is, a, who is a, I think, a, an underrated player, showed some flashes in the preseason. Uh, I think those three guys added on to T.Y. Hilton really make this a pretty dangerous group. And if I'm a secondary playing against the Colts, you know, even if it's not, you know, our franchise quarterback, Andrew Luck, even if it's Jacoby Brissett coming in, uh, running maybe a different offense, obviously um, not as much chemistry with guys like T.Y., maybe like a tight end like Eric Ebron, but let's not forget Jacoby has been running uh, the first team reps. So he's been playing a lot with Funches. Uh, who we brought over from the Panthers. So those two have probably developed a pretty nice rapport. If I'm a secondary playing against the Colts, I'm not feeling too comfortable and too lackadaisical about attacking this wide receiver group. Um, I think there's a tremendous mix of speed, height, route running, precision, and all that stuff. Uh, and you can even include Chester Rogers, who plays out of the slot primarily. But I think the, the trifecta of Paris Campbell, Devin Funches, and T.Y. Hilton uh, is really going to expose some weaker secondaries and get some big plays generated down the field. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that one, you know, we forgot to mention Devin Funches looked pretty darn good in that last preseason game. He showed off his speed. Um, so the Colts, I think, have four wide receivers there that are very, very talented guys. And you just look at who the Colts had in 2017. You mentioned it, what, T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle, and that was about it. I mean, they had Marlon Mack when uh, the coaching staff actually decided to play him. But really, they had Frank Gore, who, you know, in his old age, is kind of was pretty limited as far as the running back position goes not a lot of explosion there from Frank Gore nothing against Frank Gore it's just that's how it that's what happens with age um but you look at the number two wide receiver I honestly think I can't even remember who it was at that point I think it was uh Kamar Aiken yeah oh my goodness I forgot about Kamar Aiken Kamar Aiken yeah, was, was the number two Kamar Aiken, yeah. oh my word and then he had Chester Rogers so Quan Bray. Oh my gosh. I remember Quan Bray. I remember this. Like I was at uh training camp years ago, Quan Bray's rookie year. And I was just like, Hey man, what's your name? And he's just like, so serious. Like Quan Bray. And I'm like, I don't know what you said. He just said it like really, I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. It was very like confusing. And I was just like, okay. And he just signed my, whatever my, I guess ball or whatever that I had for signing people. And then, he made the Colts team that year and stuff like that. I think he was a kick returner, if I if I remember right, kicker punt returner. He did something like that, but he wasn't particularly a good receiver. Uh, but that's what Jacoby Brissett had to work with, honestly. And uh, you know, besides Jack Doyle at tight end, he didn't really have anybody else. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't. I think Ross Travis came in at the end of the year, but that was about it. And he's not even on the team anymore. Um, he didn't have anything, and he had. Oh, by the way, he also didn't have an offensive line. If he was the most sacked quarterback in the league. He yep. uh, didn't have really – I mean, the coaching staff, you can look from – I can't remember his name. Rod Chazinski. Yeah, Rob Chazinski's offense compared to Frank Reich's offense. Like, you can't even compare. Um, and then also, you know, he – I'm trying to think what else he didn't have. He, he didn't have something else, and I, I'm forgetting right now. Obviously, the offensive line. Oh, yeah, so, you know, with that system, even though it probably was – not as confusing as Frank Reich's or complex as Frank Reich's. I mean, he got thrown in there like right away. Like he got traded and then by week two, he was starting for the Colts. And so he kind of just had to work with it on the fly. And now he's had a couple off seasons now in Frank Reich's system. I just think there's a lot of factors for Jacoby Brissett. And uh, I think he's going to do better than people think. I think he's got all the talent in the world to do it. He may not be as, as athletically gifted as Andrew Luck, but he has a bigger arm than Luck. And I think he's a high character guy, and that's something that's huge. 
Um, and so, so yeah, I, I'd agree with you there. I think that's a good position to pick. And uh, I know your phone's about to die, so I'll move on to. I'll just do my flop position. Uh, and so this is really tricky because I don't think the Colts really have a weak point at this point. Um, but man, this it's is going to be a really tough one. I don't even know. Uh, man. All right, give me a second here. This is really tough for me to pick because uh, I was thinking maybe tight end, but then I think the Colts have a lot of depth at tight end, so probably not. Uh, who else could it be? I uh, like linebacker too. Um, man, this is really, really tough. Okay. All right, I guess I'll go quarterback. That is so tough because I like Jacoby Brissett a lot, but I think I think I'll probably go quarterback simply because you know I think all the other positions we pretty much know what the Colts have there, uh, maybe except for the pass rush, which the Colts are really high on. So we'll see. Uh, so I'm going to go quarterback position just simply because Jacoby Brissett I think has the biggest chance to to flop, especially with you know the, the loss of Andrew Luck. Uh, that that's a huge huge loss there and so I think if any position was to be underwhelming it would probably be the quarterback position um, because everything lives and dies by the quarterback position and he's obviously the captain of the offense do I think he can do it yes I think he'll be better than people think but I also have to pick a position so I'm probably going to stay quarterback for now Um, I know maybe some of those Jacoby Brissett lovers out there will will let me know in the comments how wrong I am, but I'm just going to go with quarterback for right now, I'd say. Um, so, so yeah, uh, that's, I think, wraps up this podcast, and uh, we'll come back. I'll come back with you. I think Derek and Andrew are going to do a game preview as well, and so uh, that'll come out very soon. Uh, I think Derek's going to do his Hold Your Horses segment coming up in a couple days, maybe tomorrow, maybe Thursday. We'll let you know on that. Uh, and then I'll do that game preview as well with – with uh, looking and talking with that the Chargers reporter there. Um, so I'll keep you guys updated there, but I appreciate you guys listening to me. Uh, let me know your comments on who you think maybe will fly or flop in this 2019 season because uh, there's some more position groups that we didn't, weren't able to get to today um, that I also think have positions to fly and flop. So, yeah, let me know in the comments. Uh, appreciate you guys, as always. I'll try to get those Twitter questions, and I apologize. I, I sent out a tweet and a post about them. I just haven't been able to get to him yet. Um, so maybe I'll try to do that. Um, I don't know when. I'll try to do it at some point this week before the Colts play on Sunday. So uh, thank you guys. I really appreciate all your support and love. Um, looking forward to a really exciting 2019 season. Obviously, a lot of stuff has gone the way we did not expect it, but such is life in the NFL. So thank you guys. Be sure to follow me on Twitter um, and follow the podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at cpfogger55, the podcast at Cody Fogger Pod, and also follow my other guys. Um, they're terrific as well. So appreciate you guys. Uh, I'll come back with another podcast probably the end of the week. And uh, yeah, thanks guys and go Colts.